Does it matter if your VP of sales sucks at cold calling? How do you motivate reps with different sources of motivation in a remote work culture when you're not all in the office to call sitting next to each other? These are a couple of questions that I really enjoyed hearing Jordan and Amanda unpack in this episode of our podcast, RevOps Therapy. My name is Erica. I lead our go-to-market strategy at Greaser Consulting, and I get asked all the time how we feel about cold calling. So we're going to go ahead and bypass the debate about whether it is or isn't effective because we all know it is effective. And we're going to get straight into how do you, as a sales leader, support your reps on making cold calls because we all know it can really suck sometimes. Before we get into it, I'm just going to give a quick plug. We did create an ebook called How to Launch a Cold Calling Program That Doesn't Totally Suck. Highly recommend you check it out. You can find it on our website, greaserconsulting.com. Now to the show. Say you want some clarity in sales and marketing and SEP. Well, we have just the remedy. Our podcast, RevOps Therapy. Hey, crew. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, This is Jordan Greaser, CEO of Greaser Consulting, uh, where we make your sales engagement dreams come true. Hey, jokes aside here, I got Amanda on the line today. We're going to talk about cold calling. uh, You know, why won't my team do it? What does work when my team does it? Uh, And with Amanda here, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so everybody knows who you are? Thanks, Jordan. Um, So yes, my name is Amanda Jones. Uh, I'm actually one of the contractors here at Grisha Consulting. Um, I recently started going full-time for contracting, uh, where I focus on helping uh, teams build out their sales process and strategy. And I've been in the SaaS startup scene pretty much most of my sales career. Uh, So I bring to the table a lot of experience from small deals to enterprise. And I've worked for top uh, uh, sales tools companies, uh, such as Chorus AI and Outreach. Uh, So super excited to be here and talk about this really important topic. Yeah, so let's touch on uh, Chorus right out of the gate. I know uh, Chorus has been used, you know, day in and day out on discovery calls, but have you really seen Chorus ever used for like an outbound first touch calls? Does that actually happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously there's uh, call recording rules now where you do have to let the other party know that you are calling from a recorded line. But in today's day and age, I mean, let's be real, everybody's recording, right? I mean, even when I just call to make a reservation, I feel like for dinner, they still say, hey, I'm recording on this line. Uh, So it never actually was a negative thing. Uh, People were very receptive to it. And it was really critical, I thought, to have, especially our SDR team, uh, be recorded because then you can start hearing like what pitches are resonating the best um, to, to certain titles or certain size of companies. Um, so I think that it's a very important piece that people should all get on board with when it comes to recording. It's not just all about recording your discovery calls. So let's talk about this a second, though. Obviously, uh, it's kind of like my experience coming out of outreach, right? Outreach is the the sort of, in some some respects, uh, you know, one of the beginning platforms for this whole sales engagement world. So when you work in that environment, I mean, you get a first um, first class MBA level experience with the whole sales engagement world because that's where you came from. So if you you worked outreach and then you went to chorus, if you work in an environment like that where you're seeing calls after calls after calls, recorded, 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 especially in this sort of cold calling motion, 
I mean, the obvious question is, does it work, right? Do, do cold calls, you're going to see this on LinkedIn all the time. It's dead. It's not dead. Oh, it depends. <laughs> but just generally speaking, does it work? Well, I think especially today it does because I think people are defaulting a lot more to, oh, I'm going to just email because, you know, I have these platforms that shows clicks and engagement and all that. So I don't I don't need a cold call like, you know, people are responding to emails. It's fine. But I think the reality is that people still are picking up their phone. Um, and I think it also to your point of if it's dead, I think we also should talk about certain industries where maybe it doesn't make sense for them to cold call. But overall, in every type of sales position I've had, whether I was selling a big deal or a small deal, cold calling was working across the board. And I've worked for some pretty small startups, but then, of course, uh, some of the big dogs like Outreach and Chorus, where we were you know, more of a staple name in the space. Uh, so I think that it is important to still you know, go for it and try. And you know, especially as leadership, you should at least try it and see um, you know, what type, who's responding to you, you know, where and when. Well, is there anything from the data perspective on these cold calls of um, like, hey, listen, being from Chorus at one point and seeing all this data come through, like when you're doing cold calls at this time or in this way or with this type of pitch, like it doesn't matter. It just doesn't work. Or otherwise, if you do it this way, it always works. Uh, was there anything you really pulled out of your Chorus days? We'll move off of this in a second, but. You know, everyone wants to know about the data, the data. So do you got anything for us here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we would be able to record every, you know, part of the conversation. So you can get data from it to figure out, okay, who was picking up, you know, what was stated, were, were they mentioning a competitor? Um, you know, I think if you're going to do a lot of uh, co-calling, you definitely need a product. Um, obviously, you need a sales engagement platform, but then have a product like Chorus or Gone that actually integrates with your sales engagement platform because you want the data to do a full circle for you. So you can figure out, okay, you know, if I'm calling maybe in this part of the country, I'm hearing this competitor come up a lot. And then that way it's really great information to give to your sales enablement team um, or even like your leadership if you're a small and nimble team to be able to tell them like, hey, this is what we're hearing out in the space. And more importantly, it helps with objections. So I think, you know, driving from the data is really critical for cold calls too, of just hearing what people are saying on the other line instead of taking what the rep is saying. So what's the dumbest excuse you've heard for why somebody <laughs> doesn't want a cold call? Um, so I think a lot of people have uh, used uh, like, oh, um, I don't want to call in like the afternoon. They might be too busy or maybe not in the morning. They might not be at their office, like always making up excuses of what maybe the other person is doing. Uh, so for me, you know, there's really no magic potion to that. You know, I think, you know, you just got to pick up the phone and, and see what happens. I mean, for me personally, I closed one of my biggest deals in my career and it happened to be with a cold call. Uh, so, I mean, there's definitely a lot of money to be had out there and you just got to know how to target, you know, target in the right way and also be, um, you know, pitching the right way as well. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, those first cold calls. Uh, and I <laughs> yes. remember like the first time I was on an SDR floor making cold calls and uh, you know, at first you sort of have this apprehension, right, of of like, well, everybody can hear me, which, by the way, I don't think anyone's listening. Like, nobody cares what that you the sound truth? like. Yeah. As a matter of fact, half of the managers that are on the team are so busy in their spreadsheets, they don't even care what you're saying. Just did mm -hmm. you make the dial? 
I'm not saying it's right. It's just a reality. But I remember that apprehension of like, oh man, is somebody listening or maybe I sound stupid and all this. But then, you know, you make enough calls, suddenly that energy on the floor becomes a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, everybody else is dialing. It gets me amped up. It helps me move through. It helps me do the next thing. But, you know, the, the big question today is, by and large, those SDR floors or even the AEs jumping in on the floors, like that doesn't exist. Everybody's remote today. People don't even want to go into the office. So, I mean, what what do you think is, is some of the biggest problems now with getting people to call in this remote environment? And how do we get people over that? And I think, you know, right now, especially with being remote, well, now it's our new norm because we're a few years into this, right? So I think being able to motivate the team from a leadership perspective to do it, because uh, here's the thing, like, obviously, you're not there with them, right? But that's why it's so critical. Like, we know here at Gracier Consulting to have tools in place, right? You need to be able to see who actually is making the dials. And then maybe if someone's a little bit not to the goal, being able to quickly get in touch with that person and coach to figure out the why. And, you know, I think the anxiety of calling in a room has completely gone down. In fact, I did notice going remote when I was at Chorus uh, during the pandemic. I think we did 3x calls than we did before the pandemic when we were in the office because no one had distractions anymore. So I think you'd be surprised if you actually start tracking the data that people are actually doing more calls and then, of course, I think it's really, really critical, Jordan, like you're you were a manager, you're a CEO of your own company now. You really have to get with each individual rep that you're managing, especially, and figure out what motivates them, what excites them. Because to me versus, you know, my colleague, Chris, we might be completely different in our motivation. Maybe Chris likes more competitive games on the sales floor. I'm more like to myself and, and don't like to play those games. So I think you really have to be really in touch with your reps and understand what motivates them. But let's talk about that, though. What do you do in this sort of scattered workplace where you do have a Chris that says, man, I want to be competitive. And then you've got an Amanda that's like, listen, Chris, I don't care what you do. Like, I'm going to sit here, make my dials, make my money, and then I'm going to do something else. Right. Like, yeah. like how do you how do you bring together a team to really push that? Um, and I know I'm just getting into stories, but I remember being together in office. That's whenever I managed all my teams was in office. And so we'd have a stand up, we'd have competition, we'd do individual praise. We, I still remember the ridiculousness of giving people a $500 spiff if they hit their, whatever their number was, and we couldn't get people motivated. So we made this like really stupid spin wheel that like, you would, if you hit a certain dials, everybody could get a number of spins and on there was like three cents, 50 bucks. You win a house plant. Uh, I think one of our things was like, uh, one of the guys on the team will write you a sonnet or something. And people went nuts. Like they didn't care about the money. They cared about like the camaraderie in the game, but it's just so different, right? With everyone being remote and to your point, like we have different sort of personalities. So how do you work hard to bring that together? Uh, and I know you've worked with teams, uh, you know, quite a bit uh, on this whole call coaching motion and how to do this. So you know, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I have to tell a story of what we did even at Greasher. Uh, you know, obviously I'm supporting a couple of clients and then also my colleagues are. 
and you are also having your own sales reps. And I thought you playing a game of, okay, everybody, let's get on the phone. So every book's the first meeting, you get dinner. And I think, you know, even getting dinner and money, that should motivate most reps, even if they're kind of to themselves. Because even for me, you know, I'm always not too big on competitive games, but you had dinner on the line and I wanted to go out with my husband. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to play this game. And you have to just keep that encouragement in Slack. Um, I did notice a lot during the pandemic is people would always ask me, because I was already remote for quite a few years. So like, how the heck do I remain connected to my team, especially leadership were asking me this question. You have to have like an instant messenger and a group and cracking jokes. I mean, Jordan, you were telling me a funny joke that you were cracking with your, you know, how to pro serve here, you know, things like that. You have to be communicative, especially with those that might be a little bit more to themselves. Like if you're managing someone, you know, that was like that back at home. But I think just being creative, come up with like different games and different team, you know, encouragement type of um, engagements with your team, I think can get people really excited. Uh, so they're not sitting here in their home office, you know, just doing the day to day. It makes it a little bit more exciting. I thought when you did that game, it was really fun. And here I am supporting a completely different thing than your reps are, but it, I still was able to participate and, and I didn't win. <laughs> I think Derek so did, won. <laughs> yeah, well, every once in a while. Uh, yeah, what do they say? Blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah. Right, so Derek <laughs> got the win. A anyway, the, uh, the, the just so everybody hears, Amanda says, uh, I, I told a funny joke. The, the reality is, it's a really stupid joke. Uh, Jilly here, our head of pro serve, was trying to guess her middle name. She said it started with an M. So in my infinite wisdom, I, I told her that I thought her middle name was Moth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, on the note, though, of like keeping things lively and being real, um, one of the things I've always been passionate about is leaders sort of putting their money where their mouth is. Mm -hmm. um, as, as a matter of fact, we had a, uh, for those of you that don't know this, here's a fun fact. Outreach's sales office actually started in central Pennsylvania, uh, which happens to be where Greaser Consulting is located. So there's this odd collection of, of sort of uh, long-term outreach folks that live in central Pennsylvania. And I had uh, 15 of those ex-outreachers come and working at the Greaser headquarters last week. Uh, we were having a good laugh. And one of the guys on the team, he actually mentioned, um, he was talking about how you motivate people and how to get going. And one of the things that he said was, well, I remember anytime it'd be a slow day or I was having trouble booking meetings, he said, I would just start talking trash to Jordan, me. And he said, I keep <laughs> awesome. saying, oh, you don't know how to call. You're washed up. You don't remember anymore or, or you can't do it. And he said, the next thing you know, you'd be on a call blitz with everybody and we'd all be dialing. And he's like, which number one, I liked because you were calling my people. So I don't care if you got a meeting or not and you beat me. I was going to get a sales accept the lead because of your work. He said, but he, he acted like he was tricking me. But the point is, he was talking about, uh, hey, when you would get involved here, uh, like everybody would just rally behind this because like we're going we're gonna to beat our manager. We're going to beat our manager. We're going to beat our leader. Uh, and so I'm just curious, you know, I'm hearing this from a guy named Mark. He's talking to me about it. Do, do you think that is as important as Mark was saying, or do you think it doesn't matter? Like your sales leaders or if a VP of sales, for example, said, hey, I'm going to get on the line and cold call with you. Is that important or it's not necessary to motivate folks? I think it is important. I, I'm, I mean, I guess it depends on the team, too, because you should know as a VP of sales what motivates each individual person. 
but you you just have to make work fun. And to your point, you got to be present. It's so clear that Mark was very present. I mean, I personally worked with him. He was even very present quite a few years in when we got multiple rounds of funding. And he taught me the ropes. And still to the day, I still use all the tips and tricks he taught me at Outreach that I you know, have had tons of success with my current clients to, today since I'm my own consultant. Um, but you, as a leader, especially one thing you just can't do is you can't just say like, go do more dials, go get the sales. That just does not work with employees now. I mean, you, you have to keep work fun and engaging. And more importantly, you really got to know your reps and what makes them, you know, tick, you know, right. That makes them excited. Like, why are they coming to work? So does it, does it matter if the VP of sales or the director of sales develop, you know, whatever, does it matter if they suck? <laughs> on like the phone. Well, my point is on a cold call, right? Like maybe they're great at working things through the funnel, but listen, maybe they're rusty. Maybe they haven't made a real cold call in 10 years, right? The the fact of the matter is, um, does it matter? Does it matter if that leader that's been around the game for 30 years, 20 years, whatever, if they suck at making cold calls today? It does not matter because I think that in my personal opinion, it shows that they're human. And I think that even if they create these calls and say you hear the record and you're like, oh my gosh, my leader was so bad during this call blitz. It's just, it it brings more human and authentic to the situation. And I think would motivate your team even more, you know, to support that leader. It's the leaders behind the scenes that are just sitting there, just focused on the KPIs, like go, 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 go without understanding how to truly motivate their team to get to that number. I think that's part of the apprehension though, right? Of like, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of the team yeah. or if, if I want the team to respect me, I have to look good at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's actually something that hinders as opposed to help. Uh, like the folks that I respect the most are the ones that are like, listen, let's just get in there with you. Like, let's just do this thing. Let's jump into it. And yeah, sometimes they look like an idiot, but sometimes so do I, right? And sometimes so do you. But I think there's just this fear that you're going to lose face, um, but it's not It's not warranted. Um, if anything, your lack of desire to get in there, I think is actually what helps you lose face faster, so to speak. Um, but anyway, I know, Amanda, we're, we're actually coming up close on time. So as you think about any type of message that you could talk to your sales leaders out there with as it relates to cold calling any tips for the teams any concerns they should know about what's that burning thing inside your soul that you'd say listen if you could just get this one thing what is it well i think number one is foundation so there's going to be two parts to this foundation Make sure, especially if you're in a growing startup, that you have the right tools in place. Set that goal for quarter one to get the right tools in place, get them implemented. Obviously, there's tons of resources out there. You know, here at Creature, we can definitely help with that. And number two is just take a step back. Look back at 2021 and think, okay, how did my team do? Was I the best leader I could be? Was I motivating them? Where did I feel like we fell short? and figure out the areas of where you internally should be able to bring to the team uh, to help continue to motivate them for 2022. And, you know, just have a lot of energy, you know, like don't start your sales kickoff saying, oh, we're going to sit here and these are the numbers we're going to make and and that's that and and go after it. Like really have a regroup of everybody uh, to figure out, you know, how are you going to get to that number 
and don't be afraid as we're talking to get into the trenches. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement from our past stories of when leaders did that. Our leaders at Outreach definitely did that, and I have strong respect for them to the day over that. You've got to show that you're human and that you know, you're know you here to excite them and together to get to the number. Because remember, it's a team number. It's not individually. And if I think if you do those things, have the foundation tools in place and really take a step back and look at your leadership um, qualities. And if you feel like you're truly bringing your best to work, much like a rep will be bringing their best to work, I think that those are the two main things that you really should think about, especially if you're taking some time off for the holiday. It makes me think about, uh, I can't remember the author, but there's a book I read when I first sort of started down this this road. Uh, it's called New Sales Simplified. And one of the things the author was really, really talking about is like now all of our managers just want to spend time in spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happened to the days where a sales manager would you know, put the new sales rep in a car, go for a ride, roll up the sleeves and say, listen, we're going to go do this pitch together. Let me show you how you, how you do it. Uh, and basically just sort of bring that person along as an apprentice. And I think that's so important, um, especially in this disconnected age where everybody works remotely, everybody's far away. Like how do we get into each other's lives in a way that we can really mentor folks, sort of walk through the line with folks. And if you want people to cold call, I think the answer is like cold call yourself. Like even if it's once a quarter, hop on the line and make some calls. Don't be afraid to look stupid uh, and don't take it so seriously. I mean, I think that's a pretty simple message, right? Absolutely. And again, use the data, figure out maybe you as the VP of sales, go into your sales engagement platform. This is what I would do. Find your top titles that is perfect for your solution. And go call them if they've opened up your reps live meetings or swing into those uh, emails. Say like, look, I'm the VP of sales. We would love to have a conversation with you. We're excited about the brand. I can guarantee you if you do that tactic, whether you're phone calling or emailing, you're going to definitely get more meetings that way and get more people on the phone and having conversations with you. All right, Amanda. Well, hey, we're right at time. I appreciate you spending time with us today. Uh, you know, good luck to everybody out there that's doing their cold calling. Uh, if you need any help from us, go ahead and give us a call. But otherwise, take care of yourselves, stay out of trouble, and uh, smile and dial. But do it qu- with quality, not just with quantity. Right, Amanda? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, crew. See you later. I'm going to go talk to uh, ProServe Moth. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hot dog, that was a great episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Greaser Consulting or any information you heard on today's episode, visit us online at www.greaserconsulting.com. Be sure to click the follow button and the bell icon to be notified on the latest here at RevOps Therapy. Thanks and see you real soon.